While fleeing Apaches, this gentleman from Virginia found a strangely shimmering cave. When he entered it, he discovered his body had somehow split in two. One form lay dead on the cave floor, while the other was mystically transported through time and space to the planet Mars. Stan Lee presents Edgar Rice Burroughs, John Carter, Warlord of Mars. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 60, John Carter, Warlord of Mars, issue number 12, City of Skulls. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Marvel Cosmic Comics Podcast feed, part of the Comic Book Time Machine Podcast. And I'm Ben, Ben Avery, here to talk once more about a comic book that Marvel licensed. In this case, it's John Carter, Warlord of Mars. This issue, issue number 12, would have been on stands February 21st. Uh, the cover date, of course, is May 1978, and it features a pretty uh, weird story. Uh, and, and I mean, when I say weird, I mean in the sense of like weird fiction, uh, you know, your, your Lovecraft kind of thing or, or really any kind of uh, old early horror writer from, you know, the, the early 1900s. Uh, but then the cover itself, though, also, it it reminds me of your swashbuckling Jason and the Argonauts kind of thing, where John Carter, he's in some sort of weird castle type of thing, and he's fighting these skeletons that are rising up around him with swords, and he has his sword, and he's punching the, the skull off of a skeleton that is coming at him. And so there I'm, I'm reminded more of a you know, fantasy adventure uh, with with a mixture of of that weird fiction and the weird fiction horror angle is definitely intended here. Uh, well, we'll get to it here. Let's, let's just start with the story. The story is called City of Skulls and Marv Wolfman is still the writer editor. Carmine Infantino, though, is the penciler. Uh, so that's a, a new penciler. He does not feel like uh, the artwork here does not feel like Carmine Infantino, but we'll get to that when we finish uh, looking at the plot. Uh, the anchor, Rudy Nebrez, uh, John Costanza, letterer, and Michelle Wolfman is the colorist here. So the story, it begins with a splash page. John Carter and Deja Torres are kissing. And John Carter says, I'll miss you. Deja Torres says, I'll miss you. John Carter says, I'll miss you more. Deja Thoris says, no, I'll miss you more. He says, no, I'll miss you more. And I, I really do kind of get the feeling in this issue. Uh, Marv Wolfman is really pushing the, the love between the two of them. Uh, 
I mean, really, I shouldn't say just this issue. I mean, issues one through 12 here have been all about their relationship and how everything that John Carter does, he does for Dejah Thoris. You know, like the song says, everything I do, I do it for you. There's no love. Wait, I, okay. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, cheesy love song aside. I really, I, I feel like just they're, they're like teenage lovers. Uh, you know, I almost feel like he should be saying, you know, it's time for me to go. It's time for you to hang up. And she says, no, you hang up. And he says, no, you hang up. I mean, it's just, it, it's not, it's not quite that bad, uh, but it definitely is a part of their character here is that they are truly, truly in love and they are parting one's leaving turn the page and he actually realizes Deja Thoris who is leaving she has political duties to attend to she's taking a treaty to uh, a city and accompanying her to that city is Sola which is Tars Tarkas's daughter and Sola goes with her to that city and then continues on to go to meet with her father again in her home of Thark where the Tharks live and she's worried about going because she didn't want her father to leave Helium. She prefers Helium, and her father has chosen to return home because he's been so much spending so much time with John Carter and the Red Martians, but not much time at all with his own people. So she's worried about that. But as she continues on, she hears music, beautiful music, that leads her off the path to this place where bony, dead hands rise up from the barren desert, uh, almost as if to take her and grab her and pull her down. We don't know what's going to happen to her, though. We don't know what they are doing. We don't know where they are taking her. We just know that two weeks later, Deja Thoris re returns home from her, her mission where she was you know, taking the, the treaty or whatever to that city. And not long after, realizes that Sola has not returned and Sola should be back. So it's been, you know, two and a half weeks that Sola has been missing. And she asks John Carter to go to Thark to see if Sola is still there. Well, when he gets to Thark, uh, he meets up with Tars Tarkas, who has not seen his daughter. And who is very upset because if something has happened to his daughter, he will find out who is responsible, and he will exact revenge on them. John Carter, of course, says, while you go look, I'm going to come with you because we are, we're buddies. So they go in a flyer, and they're flying out, and they follow her tracks, and the tracks lead them to a sandstorm. Uh, the sandstorm rises up, carries them around. They have no control, and then they end up just flying out of the sky into this place. It's a double page splash and it is awesome. It's this fortress temple kind of thing that puts Castle Grayskull to shame because, you know, Castle Grayskull has a skull, you know, it's kind of carved into the shape of a skull, the drawbridge where its mouth should be and all that kind of thing. But this is two gigantic, enormous skulls. And then around it, you have these other things that are you know, these other skulls that are part of the architecture and the teeth from the giant, enormous skulls are actually skulls, smaller skulls 
and and these smaller skulls are you know they they round off the shape into a mouth and then there's stair steps that that lead uh up to that that spot on the mouth there's windows but then there's also more skulls and there's just skulls everywhere and i don't think my friend tim Barron has seen this splash page but uh, he's drawn some stuff like this. In fact, he drew something like this for uh, for Mamator and the Conquerors of the Cosmos, which I, I worked on with him because uh, he he's an artist that I have uh, done a number of collaborations with. And <laughs> uh, this is totally just like Tim Barron. Just there, it's just wonderful as far as the skulliness of it. And there's there's also, I mean. The skulls are the things you notice at first, and then you notice there's some walls that aren't skulls, but then you notice there's also just, you know, piles of bones strewn around, and they are crashing toward it. Now, I'm going to go ahead and read the captions on the splash page here that Marv Wolfman wrote, and uh, just to give you some idea, not just of the image, although the image then also in the background is just this kind of purpley red swirl of, of clouds, and actually the colors here. Uh, nice job, Ms. Wolfman. But uh, here's what Marv Wolfman wrote. It rose more than 10,000 feet into the sky, a stark white monstrosity highlighted by the scarlet and purple streaks of night and the reflected glory of Chloros and Thuria. And helpless, we were carried toward the skull-shaped monolith as if the skeletal structure demanded two more dead carcasses to be added to its frightening walls of bone in the pit of my stomach, I felt sick. For if this thing was some temple of death, then who was its ghastly creator? That right there, that's the, the central question for this story here, this 17-page story. It's, it's basically uh, a chapter one in a new story arc that's going to get us to ask some questions. What is going on here? What is this? It's a mystery. What happened to Tars Tarkas' daughter? And what does this skull-shaped monstrosity have to do with it? Well, they crash, and they pull themselves out from the sand of the desert. And, of course, they go inside. I mean, what else would they do? This is the only structure for, for miles and miles and miles. This is probably where Sola ended up. They go inside, and on the inside, they realize it doesn't just look like bone. It doesn't just look like skulls. It's not just decorated with bone. It's not just decorated with skulls. It is made of bones and skulls. And not only that, they figure out that it's actually newly built. And so they're wondering who did this. I'm wondering who did this. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm in on the mystery. I want to know. And my fear, actually, I should save this for the end, but I'm going to go ahead and do it now. My fear is that the answers that we get, are they going to live up to the mystery? I mean, how often does that happen where you have this awesome mystery or you have this awesome setup for some sort of creature or villain, and then you get to the end and you're just, that's it? Oh, okay. But for right now, Mr. Wolfman, you've got my attention and you, uh, have, you've pulled me in. Uh, this is weird. It's strange. It's horrifying. I mean, it is horrifying if you really think about it. And it's something that we. Re- it actually makes me think of like your H.R. Uh, uh, Giger or Geiger, however you say his name, where you know he would draw these biomechanical 
monstrosities. And this doesn't quite look like that, but it does have the same kind of a vibe. Uh, just as you're looking, especially this one panel here, there's a skull hanging from a chain, but the chain links like actually go right into the, the skull, the top of the skull. And there just seems to be this gooey mess on the floor. And, and then just, again, the, the architecture is made out of skulls. And then you have Tars Tarkas, who's this battle hardened warrior. And he's just saying, I don't like this. This, the aura of this place frightens me. There's tables and chairs made out of bone. And for some reason, they decide to split up uh, because Tars Tarkas is too scared to climb the stairs that John Carter wants to go up. And so he says, fine, you stay down here. I'll search up. And Tars Tarkas is he's why do he's he's doing the shaggy thing. Why? Why did I why did I ever, you know, split up and go off over here alone? Uh, no, shaggy at least would have Scooby Doo with him. Uh, Tars Tarkas is all by himself. And as he's walking, a hand reaches up from the earth and the hand, is, you know, is followed by a body and the body is kind of the shaggy zombie thing. Uh, with kind of decaying face, but I, I don't know how to explain it other than that is it definitely has a human face, but it's, it's decaying, you know, it has the nose cavity and it has the lips peeled back from the, the ragged teeth. And the creature then zaps Tars Tarkas in the back with some sort of eye beams. Meanwhile, as John Carter goes up the, st the stairs made of bones, bones start coming to life around him and these he's attacked by skeletons. And so the that cover image actually isn't too far away from what we get here. Uh, they have swords on the cover. And here, you know, it's a quick battle where he's punching and smashing skeletons. He's throwing them and smashing them against each other. They don't attack him with swords, but one of them has an axe. and goes after him with the, the battle axe. And they push him up against a wall. And, or push him back, rather, to a wall. And when he's up against the wall, hands start reaching out of the wall. Hands that, of course coming out of a bone wall and they are bony hands and they hold him against the wall and he's stuck. He can't move. He has no leverage. And then he looks up and what does he see? Tars Tarkas with an ax raised and the ax is not raised to help him. Tars Tarkas, John Carter says in the narration was going to kill me. And then it says next March of the dead. Now, as far as the story is concerned, uh, I'm not concerned about John Carter getting killed. I'm not concerned about Tars Tarkas getting killed. I know they are going to survive. It's the mystery. It's the mystery that's, that's got me pulled in here. I'm not even so much asking myself, okay, how are they going to get out of this? Uh, something's going to happen so Tars Tarkas will get his faculties back. And something is going to happen where John Carter is going to escape. And something is going to happen where they find out what happened to Sola. That's where my mystery is for me. Where is Sola? What does what happened to her have to do with this mountain of bones that have been, uh, you know, built into the structure that's shaped like uh, skulls, but it's actually like, you know, it's, it's a castle. There's stairs, there's tables and all that kind of thing. So, and wh where did this come from? Who would create something like this? Uh, what is the story that we're getting into here? Uh, this this issue has me really intrigued. I'm really excited to read more in this. Uh, it's a it's pulpy 
horror show type stuff. Zombies, skulls, skeletons, mind control uh, over your friend who is coming after you. Uh, it's great. And then you add to the fact that they, it's not just that there's bones in the corner of a dungeon. It's that, you know, if there's a dungeon in that place, that dungeon is made of bones. There probably will be bones in the corner of the dungeon still, but the corner that it's in, made of bone. The art, on the other hand, it's it's uh, Carmine Infantino, and I like Carmine Infantino. I like his style, but Rudy Nebra's uh, kind of, I think, at least this is the th- way I think it ended up, is that Ruby uh, Nebra's, he inked it, but he inked it to look more like Gil Kane, you know, inked it to look like, you know, to match up to our previous story arc. And so I'm not sure if it's Ruby Nebra's fault, what I'm going to say here. It might be Carmine Infantino's fault. Uh, the matching of styles doesn't bother me. The style that it's that it ends up being the style itself doesn't bother me. There are moments that are magnificent in this book and, and freaky and freakish and a little, you know, unsettling and, or just, you know, quite grand and sweeping. But then there are also moments that the artwork is only serviceable. Uh, like when John Carter is being pulled back against the wall and he has these bone hands, you know, the, the staging of that, it just, it's, it's not dynamic. And you'll have you have these kind of couple panels in a row that are just the same image, just a slightly different pose and slightly different angle. And then that final panel where it's just Tars Tarkas walking toward John Carter, uh, there's horror on John Carter's face. And there's anger as if, you know, Tars Tarkas is intending to harm John Carter. That that's evident. The problem is there's just no energy in that. Uh, and it's just, again, oddly positioned and it just doesn't feel like it feels like a rush job. Uh, let's go with that. It feels, it feels like a rush job. And I don't know if it actually was, I don't know what other factors are involved here. I just, there are moments when I really, really liked the art and there are moments when the art was so, <laughs> the art was so not good that it was noticeable. I'm not saying it's so bad that it was noticeable, but it was so not great that I I noticed it. And, and that took me out of it, which I, you know, normally great artwork is something that I will really notice and bad artwork is something I'll really notice. But this is, you know, one of those times where it's just kind of mediocre artwork and, and it stands out uh, because there is such good artwork in other places. So that's, that's John Carter here and man. Okay. I'm looking at the time code on my recording <laughs> of all the issues that I've read for this series of May, 1978 <laughs> cover date. This is the one I've liked the most. And it's also the one I'm talking about the least, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this and uh, Marv Wolfman again, hats off to you, sir, because you have created a comic that I've really enjoyed and just had a lot of fun with. And there really hasn't been any stinkers in the bunch, even the, those one-offs, you know, with uh, issue 11 and the annual, uh, they may not be my favorite in the series so far, 
but I still liked them. And this is now continuing that same, that same spirit of, of storytelling that I was getting before. So I'm, I'm really enjoying this. And this is one of those things, you know, it makes reading human fly worthwhile. If I can go from human fly to this every, every cycle, <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy to do so. So that's all for, for now. Uh, the next segment uh, will be Ben's bullpen bulletin, which is where I took a, take a look at the ads and stuff, but I'll also be looking at uh, Machine Man and Devil Dinosaur, which are kind of spinoffs. And uh, I guess one is an actual spinoff, the other is a spiritual spinoff from Jack Kirby's 2001. That'll be the next segment. And until next time, I just have to say again, thank you for listening. If you are reading John Carter, Warlord of Mars, or have read John Carter, Warlord of Mars, or are thinking about reading John Carter, Warlord of Mars, or maybe you have no interest at all in John Carter, Warlord of Mars, even after hearing what I've had to say about it, I'd love to hear from you and hear about it. Uh, if and if you do if you do it in time if you get me a, a message in time uh, I might even be able to squeeze it in in the the next Ben's bullpen bulletin actually I, I won't say might be able to squeeze it into the next one because I do record these way ahead of time so not the next Ben's bullpen bulletin but the following Ben's bullpen bulletin uh, I'll be able to to get that in so I, I do want to thank you for listening though and until next time Godspeed. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, What Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. Next episode, Devil Dinosaur's second senses shattering issue and Machine Man, the Living Robot's second sensational issue.